Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. How do you know that we're getting into the heart and soul of the college basketball season? Because you get back-to-back and a belly-to-belly Screen the Screener episodes. Everyone, welcome. Uh, We're going back-to-back here with two tremendous interviews. We had Paul Biancardi yesterday on our regularly scheduled podcast. And today we're coming back at you because we have Gus coach seth greenberg on the podcast so honored that seth greenberg coach seth greenberg would give us a few minutes man i love this part of the college basketball season hey good morning good afternoon good evening to all the listeners out there we are so happy that you tuned in and you're going to get some knowledge from not only mike and i but also from coach greenberg man this is exciting yeah coach greenberg was nice enough to give us a few minutes he's going to talk about so many things about college basketball season gus what i loved about this is first of all he agreed to come on which is really nice of him secondly he told me that he had to wait a second because he had to take a call from shaka smart i mean this guy is tied in <laughs> to everyone uh so let's Let's just get right to it. We're going to play the interview that we had with Coach Seth Greenberg of ESPN, and then we'll come back and give you a react. So uh, here we go. Here's uh, Coach Seth Greenberg on the Screen the Screener podcast. Boy, do we have a guest for you today. We are honored at the Screen the Screener podcast to welcome the two-time ACC Coach of the Year and current ESPN college basketball analyst, Coach Seth Greenberg, to the podcast. Coach Greenberg can be seen daily on ESPN, breaking down all the college basketball action. You can find him on Twitter, at Seth on Hoops. He's got a tremendous podcast himself, Courtside with Cats and Coach D, which you can find on ESPN.com or iTunes. Coach Greenberg, we are honored to have you on the Screen the Screener podcast today. How you doing? Doing great. Any better, I couldn't stand myself. <laughs> Outstanding. Coach, we are so excited about how this college basketball season has started. There's been big-time matchups, Hawaii, Bahamas, Madison Square Garden. What an exciting slate of games so far this season. Can you comment on what you have seen so far across the country to start this season? It's been an unbelievable start to the season because we've had these great matchups. And, uh, you know, it started, you know, kind of Kansas and Indiana was just incredible. The pace of that game, uh, the skill level of that game, the shot making in that game, it's just kind of carried through. Champions Classic was phenomenal. We saw a Kentucky team that's really just developing an identity play with an unbelievable pace and made shots. Malik Monk was absolutely, uh, you know, incredible in, in in that game. I mean, Tom Bezos' game plan early on going in was to make them a jump shooting team. Uh, he did that, uh, but Monk made shots. And then you know, Duke in Kansas. Kansas bounces back from returning from Hawaii. And, you know, Frank Mason, a guy that was recruited by Towson State and ended up at Kansas, he makes a, an amazing shot down the stretch against the Duke team that is playing with six McDonald's All-Americans, but still depleted because they're playing without three and three potential lottery picks. But we've just seen some really good basketball games. That you know, this is a year whether it's you know UCLA and Kentucky and Lonzo Ball against the Kentucky backcourt, or it's or it's going to be further down the road with a you know with North Carolina Duke or North Carolina and Indiana in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So uh, it's been a great start to the season. Uh, it's exciting to be part of it. Uh, and I think it's only going to get better as we get into league play. Oh, no doubt. And you already mentioned it, that UCLA-Kentucky game, that game was incredible, had a March feel in December. We were riveted to it back and forth, up and down the court. What were your takeaways from that top-level game in Lexington last weekend? Well, UCLA's for real. They're better defensively than people realize. Uh, Lonzo Ball, even though he played all zone in high school, he's got a chance to be a good defender because he's got long arms, he's got very good anticipation, uh, they've got tremendous depth up front, UCLA defensively, uh, and there's a there's a, a basically I think passing's become an epidemic 
Uh, I think it starts with Lonzo Ball, and he's created an epidemic. Uh, you know, you're talking about a team that assists on 67% of their field goals and shooting over 45% from the three. Uh, Kentucky's still a work in progress. You know, Kentucky doesn't have as many guys returning. They don't have the luxury of having, even though they have Isaiah uh, Briscoe, they, you know, Brian Salford returning and, and Hamilton returning. I mean, they've still got a core group, UCLA, but you know, Kentucky's going to be fine. They're going to be an elite defensive team. Uh, they weren't. I think what happened is that offensively kind of carried over to the defense a little bit, which you can never have as a coach. Uh, but John Calipari, he'll use the next three weeks. Remember now, school's out in another week after finals. That's the second season for college basketball coaches. That's the time of the year where now it's just you and your players on campus, uh, no classes, no distractions, and you really kind of get a chance to kind of get back into the lab and say, all right, this is where we are right now. This is where we've got to be moving forward. This is a, a big block of time. We have free time. We can get better now. And uh, Kentucky will be just fine. And as well, and a number of other teams, you know, uh, because of that practice time. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. We're talking to ESPN Seth Greenberg right now, getting his take on all things college hoops. Coach, there's a bunch of teams that we've focused on here uh, right now for the last month or so. I'm just going to name a team and see if I can get a quick take that comes to mind, uh, some of the top teams. Is that okay? Sure. Uh, well, one that I really like that I actually predicted to the Final Four start of the season, Baylor Bears. Wow, you predicted it before the season going from unranked. You are a real guru. No, I didn't realize this is, this is a guru podcast. This you, you know what it, a pick the picker. <laughs> I mean, we're not we're not we're not going triangle action here. And we're going pure guru on me right here. You know what it is? I, I've seen these teams that play the zone creatively, like Syracuse last year, right? Make the final four, and I loved Motley coming back and, and Lacant. That's it, though. That, that, it's worked out well so far. But what do you think about them? Well, actually, they're actually playing some man-to-man this year, which is that, yeah. which won the Louisville game for them as they turned that game around by going man and, and getting matched up. I mean, Jonathan Motley's been really good. Akeel's done a good job of protecting the rim. He's averaging over four blocks a, a game. LeConte's done a nice job of, of running their offense. Uh, Alaric Freeman makes shots, and, and Ish Wainwright probably is the guy that kind of keeps it all together. Uh, the team's got some maturity to them. They've got a hard matchup, and they've got a resiliency to them. And I think that's, you know, that's, you know, again, that's a good sleeper pick for the Final Four. I like it. Yeah. I'd have to go to you for some uh, analysis. <laughs> yeah, well, I wish you would have heard my picks last year. You wouldn't be saying that. Uh, how about uh, my partner loves, got, got this team going to the Final Four, Gonzaga? I, I think this is Mark Few's most complete team. Yep. Uh, well, I, I had to do a talk for a NCAA symposium this morning, and those guys made me have to stay up and watch them last night. Uh very good, very deep, very complete, a good mixture of youth and experience. The free transfers are terrific. I mean, you saw the start of that game. Jordan Williams bangs four threes against Washington, and then they go inside to Shemek, and then, you know, all of a sudden, Nigel Williams-Goss is surgically just carving up the Huskies, and, you know, Johnny Williams gets that quick offensive rebound, and then, you know, they've got young guys like Zach Collins coming off the bench that's, you know, bouncy and Tilly who can make shots. Very complete team. Uh, I, I really like Gonzaga. I think this is Mark's. Mark's a dear friend, and we have you know. If you tell him it's his best team ever, he goes nah, 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 nah. Right, right. So I'm just going to say it's the most complete team, well, and uh, they're fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. That leads me in because I, I I feel strongly that when we hit January 16th, we're going to have an undefeated Gonzaga team hosting an undefeated St. Mary's team. What do you think about St. Mary's this year? Really good. Jock Landell is really – I think about his improvement. The guy went from making eight points a game. I think he's averaging just under 20 right now. Uh, you know, Nair is, is really good, makes shots, passes the ball. And, 
they're so good offensively. They're so complete offensively. They share the basketball. They play with great spacing. And Landale kind of gives them a different dimension. Uh, and his ability now, the way he's blown up, uh, he changes that team. But uh, Randy Bennett's just done a terrific job, and they are fun to watch offensively. And BYU Natley has, has uh, in the WCC is, is someone to keep an eye on. They've had some tough losses. Uh, but I, I still think that uh, they have the potential to be really good. Eric Meek is back from his mission, and he can really rebound the ball, and, and they can score it. Yeah, we're out here in the East Coast. My, my partner and I always complain, Gus, that we feel basketball does exist on the West Coast. You know, sometimes people don't stay up to watch those games, but definitely there's a... Well, some... what, better, what, what else do you got to do? Come exactly. On. Right, exactly. Work? Exactly. Overrated. That's what I put on Twitter last night. I said, Fultz versus, uh, versus Gonzaga. <laughs> Who's going to bed tonight? No one. Hmm. Uh, what do you think about a team we're having trouble getting a read on? Arizona. Of course, the Alonzo Trier situation is hanging over the, the team. They've had some high points, some low points. Kobe Simmons sort of finding his way. What do you think about the Wildcats this year. Yeah, I think that I think it's that it's going to be a struggle, a very small margin of error. They miss Trier's ability to you know go and make a play. You know when he comes back, obviously that'll change them. And Kobe Simmons and uh, Alkins are good young players, uh, but they're not ready to shoulder that load. Uh, you know they're void of, of some things. Uh, Rustic is 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 not maybe made the the, the progress I would have thought he would made. Um, you know, we were there. I got a chance to see them against Michigan State in the game. They came back and won. But I think that right now they've got, you know, they have a very, very small margin of error uh, with uh, a lack of a true point guard right now. Um, you know, Sean will get him the guard. He'll get him to share the basketball. Um, you know, they've got some versatility up front for sure. But uh, but they've got issues. Lowry marketing is is ridiculous. Absolutely. Yep. You know, to me, uh, J, J, my my guy, the medium suit wearer, Jay Williams, <laughs> calls him Christmas Pazingas. Uh, I still say he's a little more Dirk Nowitzki to me. Yeah, he he's made a huge difference. He's tremendous, and I I still think in that game they lost. If he doesn't fell out of that game against Butler, I think they win that one. He's he's made a huge huge difference for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on Coach Izzo's murder row, murderous row of schedule here for Michigan State? They've gone Arizona, Kentucky, Florida Gulf Coast, Baylor, Wichita State, and Duke. He did apologize for it, but how do you think a schedule like that, you know, sets them up with the, you know some young players for a March run? Well, first of all, you know the apology was a little, you know, it was more the travel, not the schedule. Right. Uh, you know, the travel is the thing that made that so difficult. That you know, and, and let, let's be honest, you know, he wouldn't be apologizing or even talking about it if they had Gavin Schilling, if they had Ben Carter, and if they had Deontay Davis. You know, you know. See, one thing is being Kentucky, Kansas, and Duke, where you're planning to lose players. Uh, when they recruited Deontay Davis at Michigan State, they didn't think he was going to be a one and done. So. You know, that changed their team a little bit. He's relying on four freshmen. It's so different for Tom to be relying on four freshmen. Um, it's got to change the way you coach, how you implement things, how hard you practice, how long you practice. Uh, they've got a good leader in Tom Tom Marin, but, uh, you know, he's not a leader because he's on, you know, because of what he's doing on the court. He's a leader because he's a, a dynamic personality. But they're losing that strong leadership that they had in Denzel Valentine. But, uh, yeah, they're getting better. Uh, and they're getting healthier. Uh, Josh Langford is starting to play better. He was he missed two weeks of practice. I was spent two days at Michigan State in in the fall, and uh, and he wasn't practicing. You know, Nick Ward is getting better in front of our eyes. Cassius Winston's taking better care of the basketball, so they're getting better. Uh, they've got a long ho- long road to go because without Miles, obviously, it's 
things are, are are not that easy. Every game's a grind. No, that's a, that's absolutely for sure. Yeah, I love you guys. Good. You agree with me all the time. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, we're junkies. We're vagabond junkies, coach. That's what we do. So we watch you all the time, and we check out these these games. Of course, the one group I haven't mentioned to you yet that I got to ask you about. Again, we're talking to ESPN. Seth Greenberg is the Big East. The Big East is so strong at the top with Villanova, Butler, Xavier, and Creighton. You know, can that league, those top four, can they play with anyone in the country? Oh, yeah, Creighton's a Final Four team. They're ridiculous offensively, and Justin Patton is absolutely going to be ridiculous before season's end. The backcourt is really good, you know, obviously with Maurice and Moe and and Foster and and Watson, and, and, you know, they make shots. I mean, you're talking about a team that just – you know, Marcus makes shots. Mo gets him in offense. Thomas is a big time shooter. They're shooting yeah. over forty five, I think, from the three as a team. And Patton, to me, is is the guy that really kind of changes this team because uh, he's just going to continue to get better. But I think the league has also really good depth. I think they could end up getting six teams in the NCAA tournament. And 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 you know, don't count out Marquette. Marquette with a good win at Georgia this past sure. week. Yep. Like their guard play, like the depth of their guards, and how they how they're playing, and don't count out the fighting Ed Cooley's. <laughs> that is uh, exactly right. You yeah. know, because I mean, he, his teams just play for him, and they're getting better. So, uh, I, you know, the the league is really good. It's really good, and there's a commonality within the league which makes it even better. Coach, this is music to my ears. Here's my last one, and then I'll get you out of here. My final four preseason was Creighton. Baylor, St. Mary's, and Oregon. So you already locked me in with Creighton. I feel like I can go around and say, you know, Seth Greenberg supports my pick. Last one I'll ask you about is Oregon. That's a team, you know, Dylan Brooks getting acclimated. They were very high ranked to start the year. You know, they had the stumble against Georgetown, got blown out in Baylor, of course. Where do you think Oregon's going to be, you know, in the next few months? Well, I went with Oregon as my outside-the-box national champion. So, nice. I mean, you must be from Long Island or something. <laughs> New Jersey, close enough. <laughs> um, but, it, look, we're going we're gonna to get a better read on Oregon now that Dylan Brooks is back because it changes everything. It, ch- it makes the game easier for Dorsey because he's not getting the other team's best wing defender. Um, the ball will move better. It won't get stuck. Bill Ennis is still acclimating to their system, so he was holding onto the ball a little bit too long early in the year. He's getting a little bit better at it. Um, They've got really good depth, but I think Dane is trying to figure out what his rotation is going to be. And talking with him, you know, he's got so many. He's not used to having this many good players, and it, it really, you know, it's like that same thing that's going to happen to Duke, right? How do you how do you sub? And I think Dana's going to figure it out, and you know, I'm sure Mike's going to figure it out. For all the crazy Duke fans, yeah, Luke Kennard is going to play. He's oh, not yeah. he's, he's not being sent to the bench. Uh, they're going to play. Tatum at at three and four. That'll split men some time there. Giles will play four and five. You know, Bolden, I'm not sure he's going to play as much uh, until he can move his feet and, de- and defend, but there's going to be plenty of minutes for Luke Kennard who's playing about as well as anyone. But, uh, you know, Oregon's going to be fine. Dana Altman is a world-class coach. He's, his his offensive uh, identity is terrific. He'll get him sharing the ball. He'll get him playing hard. And, they, you know, the one, the one struggle for them right now is they've just got to get acclimated to being the hunted. It's not it, – it, just walking around campus, the expectation, uh, and not trying to do too much, but understanding that they can do it collectively. If they can figure that out, they'll be fine. That's exactly right. And Dana Allman deserves a Final Four. He's a tremendous coach, so we're, we're certainly rooting that he gets it. Coach Greenberg, thank you so much for coming on with us. We know your schedule is super packed. Stay vertical, my friend, because we're watching, you know, and we, we love seeing you on ESPN, hearing you on the podcast, and, and keep doing your thing, you know, for the greatest sport we got, College Hoops. 
Just fight throw over the first screen and give a little help on the second screen. You're guarding the screen to screen, and you're good. You got it. Thanks so much, Coach. We'll talk to you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Well, I think he gave us enough knowledge there, Gus. We could probably go on for an hour. How about about some of the stuff that he talked about? He covered so many teams and has so many great insights on it. What did you think? Uh, so the you know we can just go down what he talked about, but I I think his comment on UCLA was really telling. The fact that he felt like the passing is just becoming infectious with that team. I love that his terminology with that, and that the, the unselfishness is just becoming like a, a a way of life for that UCLA Bruin team, and also that they're shooting forty five percent from three, and they're they're just they're going to be a tough guard as he says, man. Yeah, he's totally right, and 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 that's that is a it was a great game. Cal's going to come around, but he did notice the passing there unselfish. He also remarked about how Lonzo Paul played zone in, in high school. I mm-hmm. think he'll adapt just fine. Quite oh, frankly, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Th- yeah, I think he has he has the length and obviously has the the athletic ability to do that. Um, what was interesting too, I think we touched on this earlier, and it was it was nice to hear uh, Coach Greenberg reaffirm when we were thinking that he still feels like Kentucky can be an elite defensive team um, and that they're kind of a work in progress. And with that, I guess with that many freshmen on the floor, you know, we mentioned this with Arizona. We mentioned this with uh, Michigan State. And it'd be, I guess it's silly for us not to mention it, mention it with Kentucky too. Like there are a lot of freshmen playing a lot of minutes. They are going to have some hiccups and they are a work in progress. Yeah, they, they are. And, and Fox on the ball is just outstanding. And, and we've mentioned Adebayo makes those free throws. Big guy that makes his free throws, that, that, that is athletic as he is. Uh, that team's going to be fine. Um, and you know what I loved about his comment, Coach Greenberg's comment, calling you a guru with your final four Baylor pick. <laughs> Man, that was exciting. What, that, what, what confirmation for you, Mike Randall? Hey, let, let's ride the streak here, my friend, because it could go south any day, right? But right now, if, if it's looking good, let's talk about it. Let's pump it up. Where's that bell? Oh, there it is. I should have played it for Coach. Uh, yeah, no, uh, we'll take it. I mean, you know, I, I love Baylor. Uh, they've really played everyone. They got three top 10 wins. Uh, I think I tweeted out today, Kansas has the current home, uh, longest home winning streak in the nation. Uh, coming on in, in, in um, I think it's February 1st, actually, uh, is, yeah. is when they play Baylor at home. And, I mean, that's a must, must, must watch um, game. And but they look good. Yeah, you love the uh, you love the Big Twelve, the true round robin where each team gets to play a home and home. Um, so they have that opportunity to go ahead and go into uh, into fog and 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 make that matchup really appealing. Um, and you know what else is cool too? Coach picked out that they actually you know switched up their defense and went man a little bit in that Louisville game, um, where we're just so uh, we're not trained, but we're just so uh, used to them going to their traditional like kooky one three one zoneish thing. Um, it's cool that Scott Drew is willing to change up his defenses in um, times of crisis. Like, great coaching job out of Coach, Coach Drew. There's always something good that comes from something bad. And then being down to Louisville forced him to do it. He may have found something that he can spring on people throughout the year in a big spot. Uh, and I think Coach Greenberg is down with the hashtag basketball narcolepsy. I was happy <laughs> to hear that he was staying up late to watch these games. You're getting scolded by the coach. What else you got? You got to work or something? <laughs> I love that he's calling people out like, what else are you going to do? That's great. Love, Coach. Um, and his insight on both uh, St. Mary's and Gonzaga uh, definitely backs both of our uh, you know, prognostications for them to make a deep march run. Um, and I, it's cool to hear the valuable insight that he can provide with a situation like Gonzaga. Like he mentioned that he, you know, he and Few are kind of tight. 
and that trying to give Coach Few a compliment is, you know, is like trying to stuff a, a round peg into a square hole. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so he had to change the compliment. Like they're they're the most complete team, not his best team. So I mean, uh, and I think they proved that against Washington the other night. Um, and also interesting, you know, sticking to the West Coast, that he had the same misgivings or similar. Uh, he shares similar misgivings with Arizona and the uncertainty of their uh, roster with Trier. But also, you know, threw out some props to the freshman marketing, who we really like as well. Yeah, he did market into a, a big player for them, and he and listen, they're going to struggle. Um, they, they're going to struggle until they get everyone back, and if Trier comes back, I think that could be a, a real issue. But he nailed it right on the head. I mean, that's that's the issue with him and 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 marketing is is a versatile, versatile player, and he can't fell out of those games because they need him. He's really their best scorer right now. Um, and I think to circle back around and just to finish up uh, with what Coach was talking about is. Uh, he mentioned that Michigan State really needs this practice time. And that was one of the first comments that he said is, uh, you know, when school is out of session uh, during uh, the winter holiday season um, and all the normal, you know, student body, you know, goes home for their for their break. That's where those coaches and teams and programs can really dig in and make some progress. And I think he termed it as like the second season. And Michigan State is in dire need of that second season. I mean, I think we brought it up where we felt like just their roles were just so undefined and, and, and very ambiguous. Um, and Michigan State totally needs that second season with Izzo to get those roles defined and, and to uh, assign uh, spots on the floor. Um, and I also feel like without bridges that's even more paramount now for sparty um because he was the big dog now that he's not going to be there for a couple of weeks i think they have to totally get things in order and that that you know that this practice time coming up for that break is is hopefully can solidify that for sparty it was a really great point uh once those finals are done and they're back on campus you and i remember when we were competing in college you go back there's no one around um, you know, we were, we were doing a different sport, but still no one's around the athletes so they can get a lot of time in. So I think that's what they need. They need to heal up, of course, as well um, yeah, with, with Bridges. But he nailed it right on the head. Great insight from Coach Greenberg. And I think the last thing we just want to uh, bring up that Coach brought up was his love for the, for the Big East. I mean, he, he, he backed your Creighton Final Four pick. Uh, he said they're going to be super strong at the top. He even threw uh, Providence and Marquette a little uh, a little dap. Um, you know, one team he left out, Seton Hall. Yeah. Seton Hall had a nice win over Cal uh, out on the West Coast. Um, and I think they need to be included in that second-tier Big East conversation. Um, and they're going to be an issue. Uh, uh, Delgado totally outplayed Rab in that game. Um, so I think, uh, you know, if we're going to talk Big East, why not throw Seton Hall to tail into that conversation? Yeah, we nailed that one with California, especially with Rab. Uh, it's just going to be a tough year for them, but it's still a nice win for Seton Hall. And they're going to be in the mix. It's not going to be just those four teams. They're going to beat at least two of those four teams at some point this year. Sure. Um, Coach Willer's doing it, did a great job last year. He's going to continue it, continue it into uh, this season. And uh, finally, I think with the Big East, uh, to circle back around, they have that true round robin. So it's cool that a team like Seton Hall or a team like Providence or a team like Marquette has that opportunity to go to that big team's home floor or gets that home gets that team at home, whether it be a Villanova or Xavier or whoever might be highly ranked uh, during that part of the season and has that opportunity to get that like anchor win that can really solidify their place in March. Um, so I, I love those two leagues uh, simply for their scheduling and for that reason alone. Um, and thank you so much, Coach Greenberg, for coming on and giving us a couple of minutes and providing some insight. It, it, was, it was really cool to hear 
just the you know his, his small nuggets of information um, that turned into big picture things. Yeah, honor for us. I'd uh, love to have him on, on, back on again. It was it was fantastic. Uh, feel free to contact us, guys. Give us the reactions, what you thought about Coach Greenberg said. You can reach us on Gmail at SDS Podcast. Uh, you can also reach us on Twitter at SDS Podcast. Uh, that's our handle. You can reach me at Fantasy Warrior Mike, FTSY Warrior Mike, or my partner Gus at CKERNS12, C-K-E-A-R-N-S-12. And, of course, you're following us on Twitter, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, uh, TuneIn Radio, the whole bit. So, listeners, thanks for tuning in back to back, belly to belly, as Mike Randall said. Uh, we're happy to give you uh, two top shelf interviews uh, during just when uh, college basketball season is getting ramped up. Um, we hope to give you a couple more as the season rolls on, and uh, we hope we we love bringing this 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 package to you. So, thank you so much for putting it in your earbuds. We're 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 thankful. We're humbled. And uh, we're, 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 we're very, very excited to keep bringing you uh, information just like we brought you today. Bell jar coming in means, Gus, we're going out, my friend. Enjoy the games and, this weekend. And one more question, Mike Randall. Do you love how Coach Greenberg set the screen? Oh, gosh, he set the screen. He screens the screener. He's not afraid to shoot. He's not afraid to tell me to stay up and watch the darn games. Coach being coach. Great, great time. Thanks, Coach. Great podcast, guys. We'll see you next week. Side. It's a seat of the